You're listening to Aesthetically Speaking. On this podcast, we're talking about all things branding, logos, colors, fonts, and the strategy behind it all. It seems like these days it's easier than ever to build an audience, but harder than ever to stand out online. My name's Rebecca, and I'm a brand strategist and designer. I'm here with my sister, Abby, a lawyer who needs a creative outlet. Together, we're going to talk about how to bring your brand to life. Welcome back. Hello, hello. All right, you're listening to Aesthetically Speaking. For us, it feels like it's been a while since we talked because we haven't recorded together for a bit, but we're excited to get back together. And today we're doing a branding challenge, which is one of our favorites. And Abby, do you want to walk us through what we've been doing for the branding challenges so far, kind of what that looks like for anyone who's new? Sure. So for the branding challenges, Rebecca is going through a real person. We started with our siblings and we have expanded that to include our Mm in-laws. So these aren't like fictional characters or people made up from our imagination. These are real people with real talents, limitations, and their actual careers. Mm -hmm. So Rebecca goes through basically her entire process of creating a brand and lays it all out on the podcast. So I'll describe to you how she gathers inspiration, what that looks like, how she translates that inspiration to a visual identity, a logo, photo treatments, and then also some recommendations for how they'll actually use this brand in real life. So Rebecca reveals the brand to me live. She's done all the background legwork um, and I'm seeing it for the first time on the podcast. Yes. I think that's basically it. Is there anything else you would add? No, I don't think so. Typically what I do when I'm creating a brand is whether this is like for the podcast or with a real client, but I talk with them face to face and ask a lot of questions because my process is really strategy driven, which really just means that I want everything to have reason and meaning behind it and not just, oh, well, these colors are fun or these are your favorite colors right now. So that's what we're going to use. So that's what I've been doing for these branding challenges. I do a little interview and ask some specific questions to help me get some of those answers and some of the nuance. Because like I was saying, these are real people and they have real personalities that have quirks and you know variation in them. So that's kind of where we start. I think that's true. What I would just add is yeah. Rebecca and I obviously have spent a lot of time with our siblings because we all grew <laughs> up together and we've spent a lot of, we know them very, very well. But seeing how the brand evolves when Rebecca actually like sits down with this person and says, what are you looking for and what are your goals? Mm-hmm. I think is it's fun for me to see because my instincts just knowing, oh, these are what my siblings are like. So-and-so should have a brand that's pink and so-and-so mm-hmm. should have a brand that's really boring. Actually, when you look at it from a strategic standpoint, I can still tell you this fits the personality of each of our siblings, but it's also clear that it's it's become something more than just like a visual identity of someone who knows them really well, that it's actually strategy-based, like you were saying. It's super interesting because I feel a lot of responsibility when I'm creating these brands because on the one hand, I'm creating a brand that reflects who they are, but I'm also creating something that they can grow into. And so it's like in a lot of ways, I have the responsibility of determining what they turn into and how their business right. grows. And like, it's actually really cool to see my clients grow into their brands and embody the qualities that I saw in them from the beginning. You know, like they come in right. there like, I'm just not super confident in my abilities. 
as a midlife crisis coach. And I'm like, really? Because I see you as a very bold, direct coach. And then a year later, they're using their brand and they're showing up as this super strong, passionate coach. And I'm like, oh, you got it. You fit it. Yeah. You know? So it's cool. I like that. That's really cool. So can I start by telling you a little bit about my conversation with Marianne? This is the branding challenge that we're doing today. Yes. So first I will say, welcome. We are doing Marianne's branding challenge and we should tell who Marianne is. So Marianne is our sister. We did not grow up with her. We wish we did because she is the best of us. She is the older sister I never had and Rebecca wishes that she had had. (laughs) I really, really love her. And she is married to our oldest brother, Andrew, Mm -hmm. who was in our very first branding challenge, if you've been following along the whole time. Yeah. And Marianne is, is she the youngest in her family? She is not Lucy's younger than her. Okay. So she is the second youngest in her family, which is super interesting because Andrew is the oldest. So you've got a married couple, if you're following along, that has an oldest child and an almost youngest child. So she has such an easygoing, even keeled personality that I think works so well to balance out some of those red personality traits that Andrew has, like typical oldest child kind of things. And all of the all of the strong personalities in our family who Yes. E- everyone in our family has to voice their opinion on every decision all the time. Yes. And it's like, wow, not everyone has to be that way. There's another way to live. <laughs> yes. Well, I was gonna say Marianne can hold her own. She's definitely not a passive sit on the sides person, yeah. but she's also very kind in her approach. And she's so smart. And I'm excited to walk you through this brand for her because One of the things that I talked about with Marianne, and you guys will relate to this a lot because this is something that my clients say too, but Marianne was telling me that she feels like there's two parts of her personality and she doesn't know which one is like really her because she said, you know, on the one hand, she's like, I used to be super fun and carefree and I loved shopping anthropology. And it was so cool. She said, I used to, she said, I really love shirts that are plain, but they have some really cool detail. So like a plain white shirt, but it has big ruffly sleeves Mm -hmm. or like a pink sweater, but it has textured polka dots on it. Right. Kind of this classic with some spice in there kind of thing. And I know Marianne has been thrifting since before it was cool. Yes. Like she just really likes unique, interesting Mm -hmm. Classic, but with a twist pieces. Yes. And like putting things together in her own way. And so she was like, that's one side of me. And then she said, the other side of me is the mom who she's like, I feel kind of boring. I feel kind of straight laced. It's not that that's not me. Like that is a part of me. You know, she's saying like, I started shopping at, there's a store called Keens or Keense. I'm not sure how you say it, but they have really beautiful classic items just plain cashmere sweaters. I think they do like cashmere and silk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have like okay. very high quality products. They're kind of Everlane. If you shopped at Everlane before. Okay. Yeah. I'm familiar. Anyway. And you know, just, but n- maybe not as fun, not as interesting as this other version of her. And she's like, I don't know how to bring those together for a brand. She was like, you're going to have to work your magic on that because I don't know how I would yeah. do that. I like that uh, for those of you who have not heard this before, Rebecca will sometimes ask clients to describe kind of as just a a visual hook to explain, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of aesthetics they like to talk about their personal style. But mm-hmm. I think the way that she's described it 
it's just really catchy to me because I can totally visualize this person who is a little bit more boho, has some anthropology, maybe even some thrifted things, Mm -hmm. more eclectic, more bold, you know, Mm -hmm. mixing time periods. And then the brand that she's chosen to say, like, now I still want nice things, but it just is very plain, streamlined, high quality. Right. I think that's actually a really effective way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. And for Marianne's brand, she is actually starting a mobile spray tan service. So a spray tan that can come to your house, do bachelorette parties, that kind of thing. And so when we talked about, you know, what kind of brand do you want? And she said, well, it would actually be really useful if I had something for my spray tans. So that's the the actual business that we're branding. And the name right. of her spray tan, which I did not come up with, but I think is brilliant, is Custom Sun. Okay. It's a very natural, sunless tan that, like right. I said, can be brought to you. And so there were a few things that were important to her from a business point of view to include. Mm-hmm. So she said, I want this to be a more elevated approach to spray tans. Like, I don't want this to just be Palm Beach tan, come and get your bronze or whatever. She's yeah. like, I want it to feel a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more high end. And she said, I am really inspired by sunset colors. So originally I was thinking like, oh, I'll do, you know, a spray tan business. And I was going to do all brown, orange, yellow, okay, bronze colors, right? And then as we were talking and she was talking about the sunset, I kind of got the idea of including some of those sunset or beach colors or even some skin tones in there. So rather than going for the fake bronze, we're going for peaches and more olivey brown colors and like a deep blue. So you'll see how that kind of came together. But those were kind of the things that she wanted to convey. And the last one that I thought was really insightful, which is why it's so good for me to talk to the business owner and not just make all of my own assumptions, is she said, it's really important to me that the brand feels safe. And I was like, tell me more about that. That's a classic brand strategist phrase, right? Because I want to stay neutral. Like, tell me more about that. In law school, the they say, if you say something that's like, that could be right, but I'm not sure if you're BSing, the, uh-huh. the professor will say, say more. Yes. Say, say more about that. Yes. It's like, keep talking kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. You could get there. Yeah. Yeah. So she said, well, if you've had a spray tan and you know that when you get a spray tan and they're spraying you, you have to be naked. And she said, it's actually kind of a vulnerable thing. And I was like, yeah, I have experienced that. It's not yeah. my favorite thing. She said, so I want something that feels comfortable and right. it doesn't feel so high scale or so high end that it feels impersonal or sterile. Like I want it to feel like it's a personal service. She's coming to your home also. Right. That's another level of this person's going to be in my house and they're going to see all my stuff. Right. And they're going to see me naked. And yes, for someone that you know, I'm thinking of like makeup artists that come on your wedding day. Right. If you get a good one, they're chatting with you. They're a part of the whole experience. They make you feel beautiful and confident. Right. And it's like, how could we have done this day without you? But if you have an awkward one, it makes it even more awkward because then they're like around the whole time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I, I took all of this information and she talked a little bit about, you know, where she shops and what inspires her and, and those kinds of things. But that was really the core of what we discussed in terms of her brand. So I'm going to show you now the Pinterest board that I created for her brand. Okay. Close your eyes for just a second because the other picture is also up. I'll tell you when you can open them. Okay. 
while my eyes are closed, I will tell you that if you're tuning in for the first time, this is step one. Rebecca typically shows me, she'll walk us through the client call and then she'll show me her inspiration page where she's compiled together basically a mood board of all all the things that relate to the brand. And then we'll draw from those to create something new. Yes, exactly. Okay, you can open your eyes. Okay, so what I'm seeing is it is a lot of like sunset colors, Mm -hmm. some sunset pictures, some paintings, some like graphic design Mm -hmm. motifs, um, a lot of plays on sunshine and you are my sunshine or like beach things. Mm -hmm. And then I actually really love up here, you have the recess sodas. So not to make this all about me, but while I was in LA, I went to this bougie grocery store. Uh huh. I can't even remember the name of it. And this is going to be so embarrassing for our California <laughs> listeners, but I'm just going to Google <laughs> bougie LA grocery store. I but guarantee everything, will come up. everything in the store was branded to that level. Mm-hmm. And yes. everything was like $9.99 minimum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but when I saw, I literally have on my phone, Erewhon, that's what it is. Okay. Erewhon. When I saw the recess sodas, the branding of it, I took a picture and I was like, this is Rebecca Peterson's studio. Yes. Yes. The colors, the typeface. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so the the colors here are, they are sunsetty, but it's a lot of those contrasting colors that blend together. So there's like the orange and the lavender. Mm-hmm. Or like pink blending into a cobalt blue. So a lot of spectrums. Yes. Color blending, color blocking. Yeah. And I would say that the color is the most striking thing about this to me. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a color strong brand. And when you have, there's like lots of different color palettes, but a very common one in branding is a complementary color palette. So A complementary color palette is when your colors are opposite each other on the color wheel. An analogous color palette, which is what I'm going with for Marianne's brand, is when your colors are all next to each other on the color wheel. Mm -hmm. So you have a spectrum of colors and you can obviously have variation within there, but that's kind of the vibe that I was going for because we want to create that dark to light because that's like the sunset. That's like the levels of tan that you can create with custom sun. So that was kind of the vibe. And one thing that I wanted to say is that there are a lot of sun brands out there. I personally have done two that I can think of Mm -hmm. that have a sunshine or something in the logo. And for me, it's very important that I don't look at those when I'm creating something so that I'm not, you know, I don't don't search branding with sun logo because I think that can taint my ideas. Yeah. So I try to search for and get ideas from kind of off beat things like the soda cans. I searched a lot of beach, skincare, citrus even is a better yeah. kind of inspiration for me than just saying like, oh, I'm just going to do a sun and that way it feels like everybody else's. So that's, right. that was a particular challenge for this brand because I do feel like a sun icon was a really good fit, but I wanted to make sure that it was something unique and not look like everybody else, right? And right. that it doesn't look like everybody else's. Do you so, mind telling us what were the what were the products of the other two sun brands that you did? Okay, so one is an Airbnb. Interesting. Which we did like a naming and brand positioning for. So okay. the name that we chose was Sunset Haven. 
and oh. the Airbnb. Was it a beach house? No, actually, which oh. is why we thought that it would work well because this is actually a home that is in Arizona near Superstition Mountains. Okay. And they have amazing Western desert sunsets. Yeah, Arizona um, has beautiful sunsets. But a lot of the property rentals in that area will use more mountain theme. And so to do something that was opposite that, we did a sunset. And I, I'll show you the brand some other time because I really love it. But we wanted to incorporate that kind of Western vibe. The home that for my client, Courtney, the home that she purchased is on like an old 60s property. And there's a lot of original architecture. And she said, there, you know, she sent me pictures of these big wagon wheel fences. Yeah, that's really fun. And so I just, I loved that. I actually, I took the wagon wheel and I traced that. And then I turned that into basically a sun setting. So it's That's kind of really both. Cool. Anyway, so that worked really well. And then the other one was for a gifting company Okay, where we did a very simple sun line icon that was okay. basically a sun with a ribbon. The company was like a, a blog basically where you can get gift ideas and they do gift lists for men over 30, men with kids, Christmas gifts, that kind of thing. And then I actually did another one for um, a brand called Love, Pray, Teach, and they do scripture study services. And we did a sun, a heart, and like praying icons. Okay. And those we did. This one was geared towards children, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So this one. Parents teaching children. Yeah. So that okay. one, we did super simple icons and we did, they were all two-tone. So they all I had like two colors, which was a good way to kind of bring variety there and make it cohesive where we had that set of icons and not just do, you know, all the exact same. Right. So yeah. And I love the challenge of doing something like this where it's like, okay, I I'm going to do a sun. How do I make this interesting? How do I make this different? And there's just so many things to consider. So these are the words, just a reminder what we're going for. Elevated, feminine, classic, eclectic. I would say like eclectic and boho, like you mentioned. Yeah. We're kind of the vibe and sophisticated. So let me zoom out and I will show you the part. Oh, I'm excited. You're really going to like it. I really love it. Okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. So I can see at the top, there's a header mm -hmm. and it says in a circle, custom. Mm -hmm. Sun spray tans, mm -hmm. and then the icon in the middle is like a like a burnt orange sun, mm -hmm. and the sun icon has like little rosy cheeks and is smiling with its eyes closed. But the outer the outer shape of the sun reminds me of like what you would see on a petroglyph. Mm -hmm. Almost Does that makes sense. Yes, yeah, you would often see it's very like Western inspired. Yes, you would see them a lot of times actually made out of like a bronze or a gold cast where somebody would have it on their door, right? Yeah. So tell us about the color palette and then I will walk through the logo a little bit more. Right. So the color palette underneath the header, there is a like a navy blue, mm -hmm. a bubblegum pink, a like light cantaloupe. Yes. I was calling it melon. Yeah, it is a melony color. And then you have kind of that burnt orange, a little bit earthier. And then like a dark, almost oxblood mm -hmm. red. But again, it's there's a lot of earthy tones in it. It's like a brownish, reddish. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I had 
the hardest time finding the right color palette because everything that I would find, I take a lot of inspiration from actual nature pictures. And right. it would either be too cool where it was like blues and greens yeah, or it was too red. And I really wanted to strike this balance where it was dark blue all the way to light, like that peachy, just cotton candy color that you see in the early yes. morning. Anyway, so I I took a lot of time to really get that right. And I really love the way it turned out. I love the contrast of that burnt mustardy yellow brown color on top of the peach, which is what I have for that header. Yeah. And everything that I created for this brand outside of the typography is hand-drawn. So I illustrated everything by hand and I wanted to do that because I wanted it to feel custom and hand-done. And this is actually a process that is done by hand. Right. And I also wanted it to feel slightly artistic. Yeah. So I didn't go hard on the texture. If I zoom in, you can see there's a little bit of texture here, but I didn't want it to feel too textury for the logo because you don't want it to feel splotchy or uneven, right? right? Especially that's not how you want your spray tan. Exactly. Exactly. So I wanted it to, and that also can feel a little bit more casual, less expensive. Yes. I wanted to balance a clean, solid fill, but still have it that, give it that hand-drawn kind of vibe. Yeah. And I did a bunch of different iterations of the sun. And I really loved the idea of including a face on the sun because that's typically something that you see on the moon, right? Man in the moon. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, if it's the man in the moon, then could this be the woman in the sun? And it gives it a little bit more of a goddess kind of vibe. It does. Which is perfect for her target audience, which are women who were getting spray tans. Right. Want to feel like a goddess. I also think the, even just having the rosy cheeks on there, mm-hmm. nothing about the face is inherently feminine, mm-hmm. but the rosy cheeks tells me, okay, this is for women. Yes. Yeah. I debated a bunch of different things because there's so many qualities that can make something feel more feminine. I think eyelashes could be a really obvious yeah. take, but I felt like that level of detail wasn't going to work on a logo And I really like that even from far away, if you can't see that there's a smiling face, you can make out cheeks. Yes. So I really liked that. And I opted for a sun that kind of looks like a medallion as opposed to one that you might typically see that has lots of rays. A, because I felt like that was overdone. So I wanted to do something different. And also because I wanted this to be a not accurate depiction of the sun because this is fake sun, right? Yes. So I wanted well, it to all be something the, that's clearly the sun, but it's not It's not actually looking like the sun. Well, in all of our illustrations of the sun with rays, mm-hmm. as someone who likes to stare at the sun, even though I'm told it will like sear my retinas. Yes. If you actually look at the sun, it's just a big ball. And yes. then when you look away, you just see these like blue flashing lights for a couple hours. Yes. Yes, exactly. So that was kind of the vision. The other thing I like about this is that As opposed to like the art deco sun where you have like the circle and all of the rays. Mm -hmm. Here, it's all one solid thing. And Mm -hmm. because of the, you've done like tone on tone, there's like a melon and then kind of burnt orange. It actually looks like the sun has been spray tanned. Yes. Evenly. Yes, exactly. 
<laughs> and I wanted to mention the font here really quick because I added another font, which I'll show you when I scroll down. But for this, I used a very simple sans serif font. And I really wanted to communicate that safety through the type. And so this font, you can see all of the edges are just rounded out. So there's not a harsh right angle edge anywhere on this font, which I right. really liked. It just felt a little bit more friendly. And where I wanted it the does, focus to be it on It feels the sun, a little bit feminine to me too. Yes. Yes. So here's a little interesting designer thing you might not know about fonts. Typically, if you have a high X height, which is where the cross of the X is, uh -huh. when that's higher, those fonts tend to feel more masculine. When it's a little bit lower, it feels a little bit more feminine. So like if you look at the crossbar of the A on this logo, it's uh -huh. not centered. It's just a little bit lower. And it's not so low that it looks casual either. Right, right. That tends to feel a little bit more feminine. And I think that's because it gives you a little bit more space in the hole of the A, that little triangle. Right. And we perceive open circles, open shapes as being more friendly, more feminine. Anyway, kind of interesting. Interesting. So let me scroll down and show you the rest of this brand because... Okay, yes, I'm excited. There's even more here. So I have a little mood board here with inspiration. And I have the recess cans that yeah. you mentioned because I loved how they had a spectrum of those. And I also loved how they were using a cursive font, but because there was so much white space around it, it didn't feel overly cutesy. It felt more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that can be overlooked in design is we think the only way to make something be sophisticated is the actual design of it. And we forget to consider the white space. Okay. And I like to think of white space as a design element that I can manipulate. So depending on how much I include or not, it changes the perception of the design. Interesting. Okay. This brand would have a lot more white space. So I have the recess cans. I have the closest sunset photo that got to the colors that I wanted. It's still a little bit too blue for my liking, but mm -hmm. that radiant is there. Right. And then I have an abstract painting of like a glass with a lemon or a orange or something hanging in it there. looks like it looks like a pomelo oh yeah 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 i think you know yes and then i have the business cards that i designed so i did a secondary logo because what i had at the top is in a circle or a square and it's important to have versatility in your designs so i also did a version that is horizontal so okay. it says custom sun and then Describe what, what's in there. So the logo here, I would describe, it's a little bit abstract. Mm -hmm. So it's, it looks like there's two paisley shapes and then the circle mm -hmm. and, and the circles kind of at like nine o'clock and the paisley shapes are kind of surrounding it. Mm -hmm. To me, it reads like the circle with the, with the more abstract shapes, there's a person in there. Uh-huh. And it looks kind of a yin and yang, like your person is giving or receiving or swimming. Yes. Something like that. Yes, exactly. I wanted okay. to do, I wanted to do something abstract that could convey beach, but okay. it would also communicate like a two-person service, right? Okay. So this is obviously an abstract representation of that. So I've taken two of the rays of the sun and I've just juxtaposed them offset from each other. 
Uh-huh. So that, those are the paisleys, one going to the right and one going to the left. So it creates some movement there. Mm-hmm. And then it's so interesting, like just adding that circle, it immediately makes you think that, oh, this is a person. Yes. Like this is either a person swimming. I also thought that it could be the sun rising, but the concept was that there's, yeah, there's movement and giving and that this is something that's delivered or given to you. So yeah, good symbolism for the actual service. And then underneath that logo, I have sunless tanning, which is how she's going to explain that it's a spray tan. And for that, I'm using a serif italic font. So that gives it a little bit more sophistication. So we're keeping this brand in that space of being feminine and elevated and not too casual or cheap. Right. I liked that the even the abstract logo uses some of the same shapes as the rays of the sun. Because mm-hmm. I can even see them relating to each other, right? If you had a pattern of just the abstract shape and then had the sun in front of it, it would feel like they fit together, they belong together, even if you didn't know exactly Yes, that's how they were created. Yes, exactly. What I typically like to do is create a logo, what I call the logo lockup, which is what I have at the top. But that typically has like the icon, if there is one, and the name of the business all together. And then right. anything else that I create has to basically come from that. And that keeps everything feeling really cohesive. So I'm not yeah. like bringing in something that didn't exist before. It's all part of one thing. I like that. Okay. I have one more thing to show you. Okay. This is, you can see, how, doesn't that look so good? Okay. So it looks so good. What I have been including in my brands for these brand challenges is some texture and some visual treatment. And I thought long and hard about what the best visual treatment would be for the Custom Sun brand. And again, I thought, okay, well, it'd be cool if it was something like sprayed, right? Like an airbrush. I also thought like maybe watercolor because you often get a tan at the beach. Anyway, so I was kind of playing around with these things and I was studying how they dye fabrics. If you know the Japanese shibori fabrics, it's that blue, it's like a blue kind of tie dye. Okay. And what I thought was so interesting about this process is that the darker the color is or the darker they want it to be, the more times they go over it. So it's not okay. just about length of exposure. It's about the number of times that you do it, which it's is the perfect. same process that you would go through when you're getting a spray tan. So mm. unlike a real tan where you have to be out in the sun for a long time to get it, a spray tan, you can do it as many times as you want. And that's how you get that darker color. So I used that same style, kind of this inky going over it several times to create this texture. And I just did it kind of in this spectrum. So I have the navy at the top and then I have like the peach and the pink and the red, and then it kind of turns to brown at the bottom. But I liked that it feels like a sunset, but it also feels like you can't tell which which way is the top and which way is the bottom. So I'm kind of yeah. playing with this idea for the whole brand of it's the sun, but it's not the sun. Right. Which I just felt like was appropriate. And I, I like having something that's a spectrum of colors because the colors for this brand are so pretty. You yes. want to see them repeated and combined together in interesting ways. Yes. Yeah. You want to see them all together. Ooh, I like that. So that is Custom Sun. I like that for Marianne. I do too. I think it's really pretty. I think it's very different from any other tanning salon out there. Yes. I think it would be really easy to apply this to other things. Can't you see her giving you a little aftercare package? 
that has this in the tissue paper around your lotion or whatever it is. Yes, the little sun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just like, think it's so cute. Like, wouldn't you love to have lotion that was branded with this sun on oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it would be super cute. Yeah, I think that's great. I'm excited for it. I'm already thinking, like, for our next girl's trip, do we have Marianne give us all spray tans? Absolutely. Before, yes. during the trip? Yes. I have realized that I'm just one of those people who feels better when my nails are done and when I have a tan. And I'm not willing to get skin cancer, so... Yeah, I can testify that this is true because at our brother, our most recent brothers who got married, (laughs) Rebecca and Marianne got spray tans the (laughs) night before I flew in and nobody told me like, hey, you might want to, you might want to buy some sunless tan lotion to match the rest of the family. So like everybody else had been going to the beach. We looked super tan and Abby looked so pale. I looked sickly. It also was overcast that day. So my skin looks like translucent. Yes. Well, and and I had I just was started wearing... a new job. So I obviously hadn't seen the sun. I was also wearing not white shoes, but shoes that were so light that it made my skin look even darker. Even now when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was kind of extreme. <laughs> yeah. And I think you did get them like literally right before. Yeah. The it was literally the day before. So they the were day before. Very but there's a there's a picture of all the siblings together where they made me stand next to Rebecca and I just look like I am like a Victorian orphan <laughs> on my deathbed and Rebecca is just like thriving, colorful. Oh my gosh. Anyway, well, maybe I actually think the colors would match up pretty well. So maybe Marianne could use that in her brand. photo. Probably. I was going to say when my daughter was in the hospital, they thought that she was sicker than she was because she was so pale. And they're like, we're just really concerned because she's so pale. And I was like, eh, she just looks like that. (laughs) That's just the color her skin is. Well, wasn't that the same trip? Yes, it was actually. So it's probably they were looking at you and being like, hmm, this orange woman. They're like, this baby is not doing well. If I had taken the baby in, they would have been like, hmm, checks out. (laughs) She's fine. Every winter I record videos and I'm like, why do I look so awful? And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I don't have a tan. That's just how I feel all the time. (laughs) Now that I wear SPF 50. Right. You're like, I want that. I want that cast, please. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should say about Marianne's brand. I don't think so. I think we covered everything. I really like it. I was going to say this one feels... It feels a a little bit less personal than some of the other brands we've done, but it's also because... The tech consulting one we did for Cobb, he is the Mm -hmm. brand. Mm -hmm. And same with Andrew. Like when you are a consultant or when you are a professor, yeah, it is kind of all about you and your name has to be front and center. Mm -hmm. This one I feel like is more industry appropriate. Like I can see this in the beauty, skincare, personal care. Definitely. Arena. Yeah. And I think it honestly might feel even a little more creepy to have it be all about Marianne. Yeah, if she wanted it to be like Tans by Marianne, it might look slightly different. There's still like a lot of her personality in here. Yeah. But there's less elements of that because she's not really selling herself per se. She's selling her services. So I think it's just a blend. I This is slightly going off topic and I won't spend forever on this, but I actually think we need to reevaluate what we mean when we say a personal brand. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times my clients come to me and their brand is not their name, but it is 
them. It is a reflection of them and their skills and their personality. And so I think if you, if that's your business, I think it is a personal brand and we should, we should treat it that way at least a little bit more, you know? Right. And this, this does feel personalized to her. Yeah. But yeah, there's like an element of, of that personalness that's missing just because it's for a tanning business. And even if it was for her, you know, she's an operations manager for a healthcare system. And so if it was like healthcare consulting, that would feel a little bit different too. So it's just interesting how it takes different forms. Yeah. I like that. I think that the real selling point for me here is the colors. I think the colors are just perfect. I really, really like the colors. Sometimes you're just on fire and you nail it and you're like, that's it. That is perfect. Well, what I like here is that it's not so literal. Mm -hmm. Because for for me in my non-designer brain, I was like, oh, if she's doing spray tans, what I immediately thought of is there was a there was an art exhibit somewhere where they had done all the different Pantone swatches. Oh yeah, to represent everyone's different skin tones. Mm-hmm. And it was like really beautiful, but it felt very much like I hate to even say this out loud because I don't want to give this person any more business. But like the color scheme felt like this is what the Kardashian brands do, mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like very beige, mm-hmm. all different skin tones. Yeah whatever Kanye West's collection was where it was like the nude, but nude was like 5 million different colors. Yes. And here you've taken something that's not literally skin colors, but I can, I can tell that people go here when they want their skin to look darker. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I think it's a kind of a dead giveaway that somebody hasn't worked with a professional when their brand is super, super literal. Yeah. Because it's hard to create something abstract that says, what you want it to without saying what you don't want it to, right? I yeah. spent a lot of time on those three shapes, making sure that they looked like waves or maybe arms, but I definitely didn't want anything that looked like a nude curvy woman figure because that wasn't right. what I was going for. You know, like there's a lot of detail work that has to be done for something like that. Yeah. Well, I think it's great. Well done. Thank you. So I, before we go, I wanted to give a quick follow-up on Andrew's brand because he was the first brand that we did, and he's actually using his brand as he grows his personal brand to get a job as a history professor. He's hosting a podcast on the New Books channel. And so I know, really cool. I didn't know that. That's so exciting. Yeah. So we've been talking about, okay, how do I how do I actually take this brand? And it's been so interesting for me to go through this process with him because I've never worked with a historian. And every industry has kind of their their own world. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would just talk through a couple of the things that we did. So in terms of the design, it's largely staying the same. We adjusted a couple of his colors because on screen, the green was feeling just a little bit too gray for him. Interesting. Okay. And we really wanted that to be the primary color rather than blue or red. Those felt too political too patriotic where he is doing American history. He wanted something that was more about the teaching part of it than the subject part of it. Interesting. Okay. So we honed in on the green. We fine-tuned that to make it a little bit more of like a forest. We just add a little bit of yellow to it. If you're like a color theory snob, we add a little bit of yellow to it, made it the perfect green. And then what I did, and this is what I do for my clients, is I showed him the proportions of the colors. So rather than just having five colors the same size in a row. I said, what it's really going to look like is this. And I made the green really big 
the blue and the red smaller. There's like a brownish red. And then there's kind of that light blue color. I said like, these are all your secondary colors. So like what we're mostly going to see is white and green and some gray. And then every once in a while, there's going to be a pop of something else. So that was good for him to see like, okay, this is how it's actually going to look rather than being like, how do all of these colors work together is, you know, some brands, it's more even like Marianne's and some brands you want one color to really stand out. So we adjusted that. We made a couple of adjustments to his logo. Mainly, we decided to take out PhD from his logo. So it's just Andrew O'Case. But he's leaving it in all of the text on his website. Okay. So it's kind of an interesting thing. I was I was asking him like, what is the you know rule of thumb with saying PhD after your name? Like, is it obnoxious? Is it expected? And he was, it's both. It's yeah. like it's it's kind of obnoxious, but it's also the only way to communicate that I'm a PhD and I'm not messing around kind of thing. So the other thing that we did is we refined his messaging. And what he had previously was something kind of vague, which was historian, writer, speaker, or something like that. Right. And what we changed it to, let me see if I can find it because you're going to die when you see this. Did I already show you this? No, I think I showed you some of this. Okay. Well, this is his website. So we're, so we're working on his website. So his new positioning is historian of moral dilemmas. And the long version is historian of moral dilemmas of US foreign relations. So that is so much more specific and that allows him to really hone in on what he does. So he can teach American history. He can teach war. He can teach ethics. But the intersection of all of those is like the specific thing. So right. the other thing that we basically did as we were building out his website, I won't go into this whole thing, but just to highlight what we did is remember in our podcast episode about him, I said, oh, I would I would do some kind of photo where he's surrounded by books. Like buried right? up to in books. Right. And I still think that would be super cool. But as we were talking about it and he's like, so how would I do that AI? And I was like, well, I'm sure you could, but ideally I would just do a real photo shoot. He owns enough books. He could. He, he does well own do enough it. books. But what happened is that idea kind of morphed into this concept for his website, which is, I said, why don't we use some physical materials and put them on your site? Like, what if we give people the experience of being kind of in the archives with you, looking at Norse documents with you. Because I don't know if you knew this, but when he goes to the archives, this is more information than anybody wanted. Sorry, you guys, you just have to listen to it. Sorry, not sorry. Hire Andrew. He's amazing. (laughs) It's really cool. So when he goes to the archives, he takes a picture of every single file, every single box, every single file folder that he opens in that box, and every single page of every single document Oh my gosh. He reviews. Scrolling through his iPhotos must just be so boring. Oh <laughs> my gosh. So, because I would really love to bring in some tan or some yellow in his brand. I just felt like it was reading really cool colors. And he right. was like, well, I don't really want a yellow. And I said, I want like a file folder. And he literally pulls up his camera roll and it's just... It's just manila for miles. I'm not even kidding. And I love it because some of them... You can tell like they've just never been looked at and other ones have been opened and reviewed and they're dog-eared. Anyway, I'm just so excited about that. So I said, send me a few of all of these things because some are red, some are yellow, some are in great condition, some are in bad condition. 
Anyway, I said, I want boxes. I want any interesting documents. Let's create this museum archive experience on the web. So that's what we're doing. He has like his little blurb at the top. So let me just show you his website really quick because I'm so proud of it. Okay. Can you see this? Yes. Okay. Ooh, what building is that? That is the Lyndon B. Johnson Museum Library. Presidential Library. The Presidential Library. Is it in Austin? It's in Austin. Yes. So he took this picture. I think it's beautiful. And I'm using this gradient treatment a few places in the site because one of the concepts that Andrew talks about is this idea of moral fog. And Mm. it's basically a concept of war. What, What are we willing to do in order to win a war and the moral fog of that, quote unquote. So I wanted to, instead of using like creepy fog, I wanted to use a gradient to very subtly communicate that idea. So we yeah. have historian of moral dilemmas of foreign relations. And then there's kind of an explanation of the site. And then this is going to be an animation of a file folder opening as you scroll down. Okay. I know. Can I just describe this? Yes. Yes. This is on the web as you scroll down. Mm-hmm. You know, you see his photo, a little description, and then there's actually a manila folder in the background. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, it looks like there's two two little documents paper clipped in the folder. Yes. And it says my teaching philosophy history from those who lived it. Mm-hmm. And it explains, you know, Andrew's little manifesto about teaching. And then below it, it says teaching values inspired and inspiring. And it has some quotes, but it also then has a picture of some of the plans of the Udfarhazi and then some historical documents. One of it looks like a propaganda document. Yes. He said that kinds of so propaganda. Cool. It is so cool. I'm so proud of it. So he's just literally the smartest person I know, and he's so good at collecting things. So, That's a little offensive to me, but please continue. <laughs> okay, second smartest person I know. <laughs> no, it's fine. He has anyway, a PhD. It's fine. So he also sent me this artwork. So this is going to be an animation. So not everything is just like a historical document. We're also including artwork of how people basically came to understand or were able to comprehend the war and put it all together. So there's a few of these that will work with like these beautiful quotes that he has about like, what is history and what does it do? Anyway, then we have a database that's for like his research. This will be his teaching interests. And then at the bottom of each page, I'm really excited about this. There's going to be a section that says adventures in the archives, and it's going to be the file folder and a couple of elements from that folder. And we'll have like little descriptions so like on this page, there's a pamphlet of Peace with Freedom, a volunteer committee of American citizens to get dedicated to peace with freedom in Vietnam. Wow. Anyway, there were pages of the girl I left behind that were pictures that soldiers submitted to the newspaper of their girlfriend. Oh, anyway, so it's going to be a site that literally you can explore like you would walk through a museum with the person who curated the whole exhibit, right? It's going to be really, really cool. So that's kind of how it's coming to life. And that's how we're bringing this concept of this is somebody who lives and breathes history to a digital format, which I just think is cool. The other thing I like about it is that the cliche that's coming to mind here is show, don't tell. Yes. But for Andrew, we've tried to describe like he reads so much and he's so in depth and Mm -hmm. You know, the the topics he's covering are moral dilemmas. It's about genocide. It's about the value of human life. 
mm-hmm. a very deep thinker, even in terms of the subject matter he's dealing with. But I think bringing in the actual documents he's dealing with mm-hmm. communicates that visually in a way that if you were to describe it, sounds a little bit superlative. Yes. But exactly. when you see it, it's like, oh, this is a person who's concerned about real people, who's concerned about morality and ethics. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to, you know, bring to life some really thorny parts of American American history and America's relationship with the rest of the world. So yeah. I'm excited. Oh, I'm super excited. The other thing that I love is that Andrew is a really good storyteller and he's really good at finding stories. Mm-hmm. you know, and and finding like the morals and stories in history. And so I feel like some of these documents help communicate that part of his personality way better than any blurb that we could write that says, I love storytelling. I tell stories, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I was happy that we could kind of find a way to do that. That's so fun. So we'll keep you posted as it as it continues on. But that's kind of where his brand is and how we've taken it to the next level. Right. And he is, just so everybody knows that Rebecca's branding works, Andrew has been booked for the fall he will be teaching this fall. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can't take all the credit for that, but I do think it helps to have an online presence and to know how to explain what you do in a way that creates demand for it. Yeah. And branding does a lot of that. I think it's cool. I would look at this website. Honestly, this is a website that anybody could come and learn so much and have such an interesting time. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, you'll have to keep us posted with the rest of the brands, what their revisions look like. Yes, I will. Andrew's a great client because he respects my expertise. (laughs) So I actually told him I was I know what we need to do for your website. I wouldn't say this to anybody else, but I would say this to Andrew. I said, I know what we need to do for your website. I said, you need to give me carte blanche to do whatever I want. Okay. <laughs> Signed, was, Rebecca Pace, comma, BE branding expert. Yes. And he was, I can do that. I'm fine with that. And I was like, okay, great, because it's going to be awesome. But you have to trust me that I have a vision for this. And he's like, okay. <laughs> it doesn't look like this is a designer's take on history. I would be cur- I would be interested in that too, but it looks like a historian created this because it looks like it would just fit right in the Smithsonian. Yes. Yes. I feel like there is an art to doing that and different clients need a different touch of that. I'm not putting a lot of my own twist on here. I'm keeping it true to him and to his documents and to his research because that's really what I want to communicate. I don't want anyone... Yeah. Even like the animations that I'm doing, I don't want it to be anything where people aren't sure what to do because it's confusing. They get distracted or overwhelmed by it. I think sometimes designers get a little excited about new tech. And so they're like, I'm going to have this website scroll sideways. Yeah. And it's like, that's fine for a design site. But for a historian's website who's trying to book speaking engagements and teaching positions, it needs to work like it's expected to in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's that. Sorry, I'm going to stop talking about it because I could say so many things, but that's the website. And I will link it for you guys when it's done. We are in development for it right now. Well, stay tuned because it is worth it. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Okay. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us and entertaining our little tangent about Andrew's website. We're not quite through halfway of the alphabet, but join us next week for H, which is TBD, as we figure out what we're going to talk about. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review so that we know 
what you like and what we can create for you. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to Aesthetically Speaking. If you want to support the podcast, please leave us a nice review or connect with us on Instagram at Rebecca Peterson Studio. 